Because if they're really smart and we're not really utilizing those talents, then I'm not using them to their fullest potential. See, Mm coaching is all about maximizing somebody's fullest potential in that role. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Here we go. It's the Credit Union Leadership Podcast with Scott Albrecht and Scott Andrew. That's right. We got the Scots on the line. And we're talking about exploiting potential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds pretty horrible because uh, America's got a really bad definition for the word exploit. But if you go to Webster's Dictionary and you look up the word exploit, it says to maximize the full potential of a resource. So what resources do we have when we talk about overhead? Well, overhead is typically our capital investments. It's also our people investments. And so we have limited resources when it comes to people. So the people that we have on our team are really, really important. And exploiting those resources is is the same way of saying maximizing those resources. Mm -hmm. Today on the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of coaching and how this skill can actually level up your resource utilization at your credit union. Scott Anderley, how you doing, my man? Have you seen the show uh, Ted Lasso? Yeah, I did. I did see the t- the Ted okay. Lasso show. Yeah. So when I hear coaching and exploiting potential, I specific and this is not a spoiler alert. Uh, I am thinking specifically of this scene where Roy Kent is coaching one of the all star players on the team. It's one on one. It's not the whole team. This is outside of their soccer practice. And what he's doing is he's having him run through the city, and he's behind him just eating popcorn and watching. And just say faster, work on this, do that, but in like a way that the team member wants. He wants to be improved and realize his maximum potential, both athletically, but also as a leader. And Roy Kinn is doing that in a sort of comedic way and helping him. And he's waking him up early, doing all this stuff, putting in practice before practice, practice after practice, because there's this potential that he knows he has and he just hasn't unlocked it yet. And he's also given that vision to this team member that he's willing to wake up these super early mornings and late nights to get this done. So Scott, you've probably seen so much potential and you've probably have a, with your 16 years of experience, a victory story of being a coach. Tell me about this. Talking about uh, decrepit. Hey, was he on like a, like a scooter behind him? Like how is he eating popcorn behind a guy running through a city? Like, was it on a moped? Was he on like one of those little. Dude, it was everything. He did do that one time. One time he sat on a bench. I think one time the player was carrying him. Like he was on his back. (laughs) Okay. And he was eating modes of of eating popcorn. Okay. Sounds sounds like a Rocky montage. Exactly. So for the listener, you know, because they're auditory, (laughs) I I had to to paint that picture for him before answering your question. So. How, how how do you how do you Roy Kent it? Yeah, so you have to you have to understand that the urgent consumes the important. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about this on the podcast before that uh, what managers typically do is not what they should do, <laughs> and so many times what gets left behind is the one on one coaching. So, like you said, Roy pulled somebody aside one on one coaching. Many times happens in a one on one setting. 
Yeah. It's not enough to go to a team meeting and say, you know, guys, we've seen some errors in, in, in this regard when you full know that there's one person in that team meeting that's making <laughs> those errors. Like you, you coach that person. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise they're going to be like, yeah, you guys need to listen to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to think that those errors are theirs. They're like, well, I, I can't be about me. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm, I'm not the one making all the errors. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the person who who comes in late when you do the team meeting to talk about, you know, t- tardiness, they're like, well, it can't be me. I mean, yeah, I come in a little bit late, but, you know, I don't take a lunch. So technically you owe me time. right? So, yeah. So that one-on-one coaching aspect kind of clears up any mis- misconceptions that maybe it's mm. not about me. Well, no, it's a hundred percent about you. And I think the other thing about coaching is we have to define it because there's so many just definitions for coaching out there that would get somebody maybe confused if if maybe they're listening to this podcast and they don't understand what we mean by coaching. Coaching is is about moving somebody up to their highest potential. And so their their ceiling may be a ceiling that is 10 stories above where they're at right now. Their ceiling might be one story above where they're at right now. But exploring and understanding where somebody's ceiling is as far as their talents at work are concerned is the duty of the coach. Like if you had a soccer team to go to back to the Ted Lasso mm-hmm. commentary that you did, if you had a goalie that in college was a striker and actually is, has some pretty elite speed, you'd probably want to know that, right? Because that's you that's a talent that you're probably not exploiting with the goalie piece, right? Uh, if you had a, a linesman who just knows the field, like just like super wicked smart, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not the fastest person, maybe not the most skilled person, but they can always get to where the ball's about to go, which is yeah. huge in soccer. You can actually get to the angle of attack, angle of pursuit, I think is what they call it. Get there before the, the ball gets there, know where the ball is going to go. Uh, that's how Wayne Gretzky beat people in hockey. He wasn't that athletic. He was just smarter than everybody. And he figured out where the puck was going to go. And he got there first. Right. And so like, if you got a Wayne Gretzky on your team and you look at their physical strength and you say, well, they're not that tall, they're not that strong, you know, but you skip over the, the talent that they do have, which is they're pretty darn smart. Like the Larry mm-hmm. bird, Larry bird, wasn't that athletic. He just could out, he could just outwit you. Right. And so Who's the fastest on my team? Who's the strongest on my team? Who's the smartest on my team? That really helps in athletics. And the same is true when we bring this back to the credit, Ian. Like, who has really good numerical ability? Like, who can look at an over-insure on a vault outage and, like, within seconds identify that you 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 transpose the two and the five. I mean, they look pretty similar. <laughs> you just, you kind of flipped them. Maybe you're dyslexic. I'm not judging. But that happened. Whereas you get someone who doesn't have numerical ability, they'll be there for two hours. Like I've ran it, I've re-ran it. Like I just don't understand, you know You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like understanding the talents, both natural talents that somebody obs- uh, has, like the, the born in kind of, some people just get numbers, right? Some people are quick learners. Like you can't really change IQ. So you kind of hire for IQ, but also know like on your team, who's, who's relatively smart? Who's yeah. relatively a fast <laughs> learner? This helps you to coach them. Because if they're really smart and we're not really utilizing those talents, then I'm not using them to their fullest potential. See, mm-hmm. coaching is all about maximizing somebody's fullest potential in that role. And so you got to understand and categorize and kind of assess what are the talents of each individual. And then where's that max utilization? Where's the ceiling for each one of the talents? There's an art to it. There's a science to it. I would say we teach the science at Vertex Live Nationwide. We teach the science in Coaching for Performance 1 and Coaching for Performance 2. But the art is 
is more important because you got to apply this. You got to take it out of the classroom and actually take it into your credit union and work on this and work mm-hmm. on your coaching style. Bring in bring in the academic level research based solutions we give you. But then how do I how do I tangibly bring this into a scenario where I'm eating popcorn on the bench on someone's back and I'm showing someone who's willing and able how to be better and how to coach them up to their highest potential. I think that imagine what the world would look like if everybody had a coach like that. It would be a fantastic place to live. Yeah, man. Just to know when you do that one-on-one, there's that sense of what's the word I'm looking for? Not stability, but encouragement where you're just inspired. Like someone believes in me and I believe in myself. And actually, I liked what you talked about this idea. We talk about it a lot with our classes of skills and attributes. When you're coaching someone, knowing where they're naturally gifted, like with intelligence or numbers or connecting with people, these are attributes. It's things we can't teach at a credit union. They've got that. Skills are something how we can t- uh, something we can teach. Like we can teach you the skill of what you need to do to balance your drawer. We uh, we can or register. Uh, we can teach you the skill of using your scimitar. We can teach you all these skills of features and benefits, but we might not be able to give you these attributes that you've been born into. And I think about that specifically during my time at Chick-fil-A and how we coach for performance using that. There was a team member that I had there that I was able to really connect with, and they really had a heart for people, including teammates. They used empathy to understand where they're coming from. They were great at explaining concepts, and they were very, very patient when it came to training people how to do things. And they were competent everywhere. And I remember as I was coaching and what we would do is I would be like, hey, you're going to be in charge of this today. And then we talked about what the expectations were. And then afterwards, we would debrief. Hey, what did you think went well? What didn't go well? What needs to be different next time? And we would talk about it. And one day I had him uh, at Chick-fil-A baggings, putting all the food in a bag and then giving it out the window, how fast you can do that. His attributes did not help with that skill. He was competent in it, but he was definitely not the fastest at it. And he got a little bogged down, but it was okay. I was like, Hey, you're good at this and we can keep developing you here, but you shine at other places. And I really want to exploit that potential in you. So we start talking about, let's have you become a trainer and let's have you lead the training group. And that's what I was. I was the director of training there. So actually when I left Chick-fil-A, he became the director of training because we exploited this potential. He had this desire and he was competent everywhere. He might've not been the best operationally at this one thing, but he was competent. He could teach someone how to do it and he was patient. So I think that's an example of skills and attributes that you were talking about. And then a question I had for you, Scott, was what happens like, all right, let's say I'm a leader. Maybe I'm experiencing, I'm being short-staffed a lot, or there's just a lot of work going on. And there's this employee that I'm coaching Uh, They're doing really well. And actually, as I'm coaching them and talking about this idea of exploiting their potential, Mm -hmm. I find out that the movement, the credit union business could benefit from them if they were in a different department or this would help the team member develop individually if they got to go to another department and learn something. But it's going to hurt me. What do you say about coaching for performance uh, to that? Yeah. So, so it's, it's a good question because um, there's a lot of things that as a manager, I'm responsible for. And, uh, and as long as growing my, my team member 
Does it impact the things that I'm responsible for? Then I'm responsible for growing my team members. So if I can, if I can have them shadow the accounting department because they've got an interest in the accounting department, and that doesn't impact their minimum expectations with me, that's that's the contract. That's the written contract. That's 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 how we set that up. As long as you're meeting your minimum expectations, you mm. you get to go play in this other department. I actually had a team member. Her name is Courtney for five years shadowed a department and there were some times where minimum expectations got close to not being there and it was just a gentle reminder that the whole business accounts thing goes away if we can't do what we're responsible for doing in our day job and that was enough it really was i didn't have to put her on a performance improvement plan she was motivated to do her job really well within my department because she had that aspiration. And after five years, like after COVID, when you called the 1-800 number and you dialed six for business accounts and it was Courtney because our branch was closed. When they finally opened up a rec for business accounts, they opened the rec, but they Mm -hmm. didn't. They just interviewed Courtney. Nice. (laughs) nice. They knew knew the job was hers. I mean, it was hers to lose basically. Like, yeah. We're going to interview you. If you if you don't want this, you can just bomb the interview and then we'll, we'll open it up to the rest of the community. <laughs> but, right. Like, so, so sometimes, yeah, you, you're going to coach them not out of their current position, but their fullest potential may come to a point where their current position doesn't keep that potential. And, and that should be a good loss. Like there's regrettable loss. And then there's losses that you're, you can live with. A loss you can live with is when you're promoting people up and through the organization. That's only a compliment to you as a leader. Incredible loss is when someone with that kind of potential leaves you, mm. leaves the organization because they don't feel like they're maximized. They don't feel like they're utilized. Or you put them in a squad of people that had lesser talents and eagles don't like to hang out with chickens. Mm, yeah, they're holding everybody accountable to the same standard. And so they're, they're pulling the weight of three, four people eventually the eagle is going to go try to fly with other eagles. And so when you when you hire people that have very high levels of potential, you have to work that level of potential and do two things. Number one, do what's right for them. And number two, make sure that the business is getting taken care of. And it's a delicate balance. Like that and is like one of the hardest ands when maybe they'd be a great accountant, but they're on a performance improvement plan. I I can't. I can't give you a stretch assignment. I can't give you a delegation. I can't give you an opportunity to moonlight because one of the things as a leader is that as a leader of an organization, I got to make sure that you're meeting the minimum expectations of the current role that you're in before we ever promote you on to different roles of responsibility. If you want to set your culture back five years, promote somebody up from an, from an area where they actually weren't meeting the minimum expectations. No wonder maybe that <laughs> yeah. branch isn't hitting their minimum expectations. You promoted someone who didn't meet their minimum expectations, right? You're going to have yep. a struggling branch and eventually everyone around the credit union movement that is meeting their minimum expectations and sees that promotion, you lose trust. And that's why it sets back your culture by five years. Man, that's some crazy stuff to think about. So we've talked about as leaders coaching for performance and talked about this idea of exploiting potential, maximizing the potential in your team. What happens if we have someone right now that's listening, that's just started their job at the uh, credit union, or they're aspiring to be a leader 
and they realize someone is coaching them. Maybe it's not as explicit like, hey, I'm coaching you for performance. Let's sit down. But are there any tips or tricks you have for aspiring leaders that are being coached of what can you do to really take full advantage of this? Well, you can't you can't wait for your leader to get on board. You can't mm-hmm. coach up. So so here's what you can do. You have control of two things in life, your attitude and your effort. I'm going to say that again. You can write it down. I know you're try, probably driving. You're listening to the podcast. Don't yeah, don't get into a car accident. But you have, <laughs> you have control of two things in your life, your attitude and your effort. Okay. Here's what you don't have control over. Somebody else's ceiling. Here's, some, mm. here's what you don't have control over. How fast somebody else is growing in their journey. So if I just started the credit union and I've got high potential, one of the temptations I might have is to look across from me at other people who have high potential and start to compare myself with those people. So if you're listening and you feel like you're comparing yourself to somebody else and you're like, oh man, I wish I had the gift of gab like that person does. I wish I had the ability to jump high like that person does. I wish I was as positive as that person does. Listen, You can't compare yourself in the book of life to someone who's on chapter 25 at that credit union and you're on chapter two, Mm. right? Like when you started here, Scott Anderley, I said, your ceiling's higher than mine, but you're on chapter two and I'm on chapter 12. So it's Mm. always going to look like I'm ahead of you and you can't stop that. It's like when you have an older brother and you're like, well, one day I'll be older than you. And the other brother's like, okay, sure. Good. You, know, you haven't figured <laughs> it out yet. Like it never yeah. happens. Right. So, so if you're, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else within the credit union movement, you're comparing yourself to a moving target. Just, just understand that that's probably not where you should be thinking what you should mm-hmm. be thinking. And this is how you should be applying this at, when you become a coach is compare yourself to your own potential. Like, did I give my all today? Again, I have control over my attitude and my effort. Did did I leave it all on the field to go back to the soccer analogy? Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave you with this analogy. Most people don't think about their last day at the credit union until it happens. I worked at a credit union for seven years. I had some great days. We won a lot of awards. I had great teams and I had teams that required a lot of help. Mm-hmm. But the day I hung up my cleats, you know what I thought of? I thought of all the days that I showed up to work and I didn't give max effort mm-hmm. and max attitude. And and you know you know why? It's because I wasn't thinking about my last day. I was taking it for granted. I was just showing up to get a paycheck. Guys mm-hmm. and gals, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to think about, close your eyes if you will, unless you're driving, in which case that'd be bad. <laughs> think about the last day. Because everyone has a last day at the credit union, whether it's a retirement, a promotion, or you got a different role outside of the credit union, or, or maybe it's, you know, you got retired to the to the eternal life, but yeah, everyone's got a last day. Think about how, how will you leave that credit union? What will your impact be? Guys and gals, I want to tell you right now, if I had to do it all over again, I'd make sure that those cleats that I hung up on the last day would be dripping in sweat because every day I attacked it with the high levels of attitude and high levels of effort. You can't control the economy. You can't control recessions. You can't control the interest rate on an auto loan. You can 100% control 
how much sweat comes off those cleats when you hang them up on the last day. This is the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode here with Scott Anderley and Scott Albrecht in our Coach's Corner. Feeling inspired? Want to learn how to coach your department to be a high-performing team? Vertex Live Nationwide is an 11-session live online group that meets bi-weekly. In this course, Scott and I are going to talk about delegation, how to resolve conflicts, effective decision-making practices, and of course, how to coach your team for performance. Go ahead, move the movement and sign up for Vertex Live Nationwide. Click the link in the show notes and we're excited to see you there.